What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 83, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest starting this episode, and that is Elma quarterback and MIAA champion Carter St. John. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Should be a good time. Yeah, thank you for joining. So, like I said, you're the Elma quarterback. You're the starting quarterback. So, everyone kind of has a different path to playing football can you kind of talk about how you end up joining football and then after that we'll talk about your whole recruiting process and how you decided to play for Elma yeah so I basically started out as a little kid playing soccer I was always a really big soccer fan uh, growing up playing little kickers uh, throughout my uh, childhood but all my friends began to play football and obviously I didn't want to be the only one playing soccer. So I went and started to play football. One of my best friend's dads was the owner of the uh, youth football league. So uh, I was on their team and he uh, thankfully put me at quarterback and not anywhere else. Uh, but then from there I grew up and my dad was a basketball player. So I wanted to follow him in his footsteps. I was always a basketball kid until uh, about sophomore to junior year of high school uh, was when uh, I really started to fall in love with football. Uh, I went to, it's called Bishop Chittard in Indianapolis. Uh, it's where the Martin brothers, uh, Zach and Nick went. And so it's a huge football school. So uh, that's where I kind of fell in love with football. So how did you hear about Elma then? A small city in the state of Michigan it's division three so how did you hear about them and what was kind of like the recruiting process like for you like did they reach out to you did you know someone from Elma or like what was the whole thing like yeah so my my dad uh went to play basketball at Kalamazoo so uh, I've always been pretty familiar with uh that MIAA uh but one of his best friends who's the Northwood uh, athletic director is an Alma alum and he was good friends with coach couch. And so he put us into contact and, uh, I sent my film over to coach couch and he said he really liked it, offered me uh, a position on the team. And I really liked Alma. I mean, for the recruiting process, uh, I wasn't really heavily recruited by anyone, uh, coming out of high school. Uh, I went to a few college camps, but uh, pretty much the basis that I got for my high school coach uh, was that I was too short. Um, I'm not overly athletic, so I wasn't wowing people, but uh, I knew what I had, I guess. And you, you kind of hear the uh, statement, like, you bet on yourself. And so that's what I kind of did by uh, reaching out to Alma. Uh, the other schools that I was interested in playing for was Wabash from Indiana, but uh, their quarterback is, still has a year left. His name's Liam Thompson. He's really, really good quarterback. I think he was uh, he led the uh, nation in passing yards this year. So I wanted a place where I could come in and have an immediate impact on, and that was just a really good fit uh, with Alma. Yeah, and it sounds like you took a bet on yourself, and it sounds like it really paid off because it sounds like Alma – accepted that and made you as a freshman the starting quarterback so what was it kind of like that competition battle for that starting quarterback like and 
is playing college football, I'm assuming, is quite different than playing in high school. Yeah, so um, for the competition piece, I came into camp, obviously. Uh, I think they had five returners, roughly five returning quarterbacks. So I was around six to seven on the depth chart to begin with. But uh, just throughout camp, kept grinding, kept putting in work. And uh, I was able to win the backup job uh, at the end of camp. But going into the beginning of the year, I was the backup. Uh, And then the starter got hurt. Uh, around the third third quarter of the first game, he got a concussion, so he's out the rest of that game. And then, uh, then I got to start for the next game, and I played pretty well. And uh, so that was when the quarterback competition kind of began. Um, it was it was actually a lot of pressure, not even in in the games, but in in practice, because our offensive coordinator uh, Zach Ritma, just every single play, no matter if it was a run play or a pass play. He was evaluating every single little move each of us did uh, to be able to earn that starting spot. And then uh, around uh, week five, uh, when we played Trine, was when I uh, was granted the full-time starter job. Uh, But going back to (laughs) the difference between college and high school, for me personally, I know a lot of people warned me about how the speed would pick up in college, but I, uh, I... played really good competition in Indianapolis and my high school coaches were able to get me well prepared for the college uh, level. So uh, the speed really for me didn't really speed up all that much. I felt comfortable in what I was doing and the reads I was making. So that just goes to credit uh, all my coaches, but especially my high school coaches who were able to prepare me for that. But I think the biggest difference for me uh, was just uh, the level of uh, commitment you have to make to football between high school and college. In college, it's a lot more. Uh, looking at smaller details, knowing everyone from the team you're facing was probably the best as- athlete on their high school team. So you want to be able to – you can't just rely on pure athleticism in college. You have to, you know, be in the film room all the time, uh, ask questions whenever you can, and – I was still in the film room a lot during high school, but not quite as near as much as I was in college. Yeah, and like you were talking about, it's really important to kind of know the small things. Everyone's extremely athletic. And before we kind of go into your season, like what it was before the season started, during season, after season, I think one of the kind of the more important questions, especially for QBs, nowadays is like what kind of QB are you are you more like a dual threat like someone that can run and throw the ball pretty well are you more of a vocal leader because kind of QB has really turned into more of like the leader of the offense people have different kind of quarterback styles so what what kind of quarterback are are you yeah uh on the field I like to think I'm a dual threat but I don't run anywhere close to like a four six or anything like that. I'm around four nine forty kind of guy. So all my friends uh, uh, tell me I'm a pocket passer, but I like to think I can run. But uh, what I like to do is just sit back and read defenses. So I guess in that way I am a pocket passer. But uh, I guess with the ad, I'm not quite a dual threat, but I can. I like to think that I can run when need be. 
Um, and then kind of off the field, uh, last year, because I was a freshman, we had uh, four linemen that were all seniors. And so they took a lot of the vocal lead- leadership uh, part, and I credit a lot to that to them. Uh, Alex Dean was our fifth-year senior uh, center that pretty much knew everything, made sure I was comfortable. So I didn't have to be much of a vocal leader uh, in that way for the offense because he had already taken over. I think he was a four-year starter, and so he was able to do all the vocal stuff. But that's what I've been working on over the offseason, being able to make sure everyone's up to standards with what we want to do. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of seems like your style of play at the quarterback position is kind of where the game is kind of headed. I know, like, the old thing of, like, pocket passers like Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees – that's kind of slowly, I believe, kind of being leaked out of the college football game. Yeah. Not completely. It's becoming more of QBs that can be able to run. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be the best runner in the world, but you're, you're not really seeing a lot of quarterbacks nowadays just sit in the pocket solely and, like, can't run. Because, to be completely honest, we all know Tom Brady can't run, but he's yeah. considered the GOAT. So. Yeah. So, a little bit about preseason, because I think it's kind of important to talk about where Alma was before the season. So, when you were named the starter, you took over an offense that was coming off of a 5-5 five and five overall season, a 1-6 record in the MIAA. You were projected to finish second last in the MIAA. Can you kind of talk a little bit about, like, the type of mindset like you and your teammates had going into this past season and how that mindset led to your team winning the MIAA when, to be completely honest, a lot of people probably didn't give you guys a very good chance if you were projected to finish second to last. Yeah, I mean, I remember the day we were coming back from uh, practice during fall camp. We were walking into the cafeteria and we all get an alert uh, in our messages from our coach and it, sent a picture of the uh, rankings and how we were supposed to be six. And I kind of just looked up and everyone was just laughing. I mean, we knew what we were uh, before I think anyone else did. Uh, The coaches prepared us well for that. I mean, everyone at at Alma knew we were the underdogs. No one, I mean, they counted us out before the season already started. And, uh, but the coaches made, made sure we were uh, uh, hungry for what we wanted. Uh, We had, uh, team motto is climb. Uh, the C was for commitment. L was for leadership. I was intensity. M was maturity. B was belief. And we just wanted to be able to climb the mountain of the regular season. We weren't even looking towards uh, the postseason at the beginning of the year, obviously. Uh, our main goal was to win the MIAA, and with that comes postseason. But we were just focused on uh, what we need to do to uh, get better every single day. Uh, not looking forward to next week or even next practice. We wanted to be the best we could in that practice in that moment uh, so that we could go 1-0 for that day. Yeah, so every team, I think their main goal is to win the championship. And that was definitely something that you guys always wanted to do. I believe that you guys believe you could. You did. Was there kind of a moment during the season 
where you could kind of see like a change in that team, in your team and yourself. And you're like, okay, like this is what we believe to do, but this is like a reality. Like this is like something that could very much happen. Like we could win the MIAA. We could win a playoff game. I believe this is the first time in a very long time that you guys won 11 straight games as well at Elma. So was there kind of like a big moment that you're like that moment or that win was the moment everything clicked and you're like, hey, we're here and we're going to win? Yeah, uh, I think it was around halftime of the Trine game. It was our first uh, conference game. We were at Trine and we were up 23 to 7 at halftime. And I think, I forget the exact rankings preseason, but I think Trine was uh, up there, I think maybe number three. But we were um, playing really well, just like uh, we knew we could. And uh, everyone was just relaxed at halftime. I was super focused going into the game, making sure. Uh, I did everything to put the team in the best position to win, but at halftime, it was all we were very relaxed because it was kind of like everything we've been working for led up to that moment. Uh, we were up twenty-three to seven, like I said. Uh, we felt like we were in a comfortable spot uh, in that game, but we knew we had to finish the job at half from halftime, and then from there, just to keep winning uh, and win out, basically. But definitely at halftime, a trying. And then that was in the regular season. And then the to start uh, the playoffs when we uh, kind of believed in ourselves, uh, Coach Couch took us uh, in the middle of Hogan, which is uh, the basketball arena. There's a spot for Hall of Fame teams uh, of every sport for Alma Athletics. And he kind of just took us the entire team after practice and said, this will be us, and pointed to an empty spot. Uh, and said, this could be the greatest Alma team of all time, and let's go out and win the 11th game to, because 11 games is the most games Alma football has ever won in a season. And so he wanted to uh, kind of inspire us by giving us, obviously we wanted the win no matter what, but a goal to be undoubtedly the best Alma college football team ever. Yeah, and that has to probably be a really great feeling. So does Elma, and I believe Hope was one, Albion was two, Trine was three. I can't remember exactly. I Probably like Kalamazoo or Olivet was somewhere in between there. But does Elma, like in the MIAA, um, there are certain teams that don't like each other. Yeah. It, does Elma have like a quote-unquote rival in football, or is it more of just like, hey, we don't like anyone there and our just goal is to beat them every single time well our main rival is Albion but obviously I think Albion and Hope have their own rivalry and I think they Albion kind of pushes us to the side but uh yeah it's supposed to be Albion but then from there it goes no one respects us so uh screw all you guys and so yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming you learned that pretty quickly, probably that yeah. um, feeling from other teams. Yeah, uh, like I said before, my dad is uh, went to Kalamazoo, so I've been familiar with MIAA and who to like, who not to like, and uh, there are a lot of teams up there that <laughs> now being at Alma, I do not like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and again, you don't have to go naming them. But um, nope. So can you kind of talk a little bit? You talked a little bit about Coach 
couch and how he like took you guys, said that you guys can be the greatest football team in Elma history. You guys won 11 wins, so that is definitely a very val- valid argument. Can you kind of talk a little bit about Coach Couch? Because ever since kind of taking over the program, he has really kind of turned around the program. And you talked a little bit about it, like how other teams overlook you guys. I don't think after this year that's going to be something that's going to happen because if you win the MIAA, especially with teams like Albion, Trine, Hope, Adrian, Alvet, all those teams, you have to have and be a very good team. So can you kind of talk about what kind of coach Coach Couch is, especially being the starting quarterback, which is, like I talked about, deemed the leader of the offense? Yeah, uh, Coach Couch has uh, graduated from Alma, so he knows this place very well, and he uh, loves it, obviously. Uh, but I think what impacted me the most was at every home game, you will see Coach Couch in a kilt for the Scots, and which I think is a special thing. I don't think uh, there are many coaches out there that would even think about putting on a kilt, but uh, normally you see just the regular khakis and a polo shirt something like that but coach couch is out there full kilt and everything uh with the socks all the way up to his knees which i love that just shows how passionate he is uh not only for the team but for the college uh like i said he's uh went to alma and everything here just means so much more to him uh he cares for everything make sure we we're taking care of the campus make sure we we take care of all the workers that are here all the janitors and all the professors uh, because he was here once. But uh, as a person, I mean, there's no one that is more family-oriented oriented than Coach Couch. Uh, he, you, to him, you are, a, you are a person first and then his player. Uh, he just loves us with his full heart. Um, he makes sure uh, we're okay before uh, anything else comes before it. Uh, yeah, I love playing for him. Uh, between a quarterback and head coach uh, relationship, uh, he he was a lineman at Alma, really good one too. But uh, he tells he gives the offensive coordinator, Coach Ritma, all uh, everything we need for to be a quarterback. He doesn't pretend like he knows about anything about quarterbacks. He will help here and there, but he focuses on running backs, offensive line, and lets Ritma uh, talk to the quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And you kind of talked a little bit about like how much Coach Couch loves Elma. And I definitely think there's a lot of like passion for Elma sports from the people I've talked to, the players I've talked to. Um, Yeah, and I definitely think that's pretty cool that Coach Couch wears a kill. I don't know if you football players ever have to do that, but I think that's pretty cool that he does that. We, we do occasionally. We go to church before uh, games, before home games, and uh, uh, a few of the players have started to buy, uh, buy kilts and wearing them there for the Scotsman walk we do before games. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, some people make fun of us, you know, say nice skirt or whatever, but it's a kilt for the Scots, and we just, I mean, we love being here. Yeah, exactly, and it's something that you should – while people might make fun of you, I think it's definitely something that you should be proud of because you're not only representing 
the country of Scotland, you're actually going to play there as well in 2024. Yep. So I just think it's like cool that you guys are going to be able to play there, that you're really um, taking into that the culture, taking like the kilts. It's not something a lot of schools do or can do. So I definitely think that's really cool. And it sounds like you're buying in and it sounds like everyone else is kind of buying into that whole idea of, hey, you know what, this is more than just a game of football. Absolutely. It's pride for our school as well. I mean, you don't want to let down anyone. And so uh, being immersed in that culture, uh, I think, helps you uh, be so prideful about uh, the community as well. Yeah, it just shows that you have a passion for your school. And if you do that, you're going to want to want to come back you're going to want to support the school you're going to want to support I know you just finished your freshman year but if you continue to play well you continue to have success I'm assuming that you'll want that success to continue even after you're gone which is a while away but Mm -hmm. that's just something that if you buy in that just is something that kind of happens yeah we're hopefully we're setting up a good base now uh, for future scouts to succeed uh, while they're here, they're here, not only uh, in athletics, but hopefully uh, in school as well. Absolutely. So while you you were at Elma, like we talked about, you guys set a record with 11 wins and had some great success, had a playoff win. But everyone kind of experiences challenge, even the best teams that have set records. So can you kind of talk about some of the greatest challenges from this past year that you've experienced and how did you kind of overcome those challenges? Because it was probably not always easy for you. Yeah. Uh, thankfully there weren't many challenges throughout the year. Of course, uh, it's not easy. Like you said, uh, especially the back half of the year. I mean, just call it no, no, no matter the division you're playing in, in college, uh, college football is a grind. I mean, you're getting up early for classes and then, you have to go out to the practice field, uh, go through practice uh, with weight weightlifting early in the morning before classes. I mean, it's just not easy, especially Division three level. You really have to love the game uh, to be here. Uh, but as well as uh, we had to stay focused uh, throughout the year. I mean, we were having a great year, obviously. We went undefeated in the regular season, uh, and so it was not easy to – uh, you know, stay focused. I guess the coaches, like we talked about, the M and climb stand for maturity. And when we were six and zero, seven and zero, eight and zero, coaches just have to remind us stay focused. You guys aren't all that. Make sure you're locked in. Uh, we still have a game to play next weekend. Uh, so just being able to have those coaches there for us, making sure we're still locked in, and you know, making sure we don't. Uh, lose our focus for upcoming games. Yeah, and I absolutely love the whole climb and what each letter means. But one other le- one thing that I also want to talk about that also stands for M, memory. What was, like, your favorite memory from the past year? If you have one or you might have multiple memories. Yeah, so on the field, I would definitely say uh, – so uh, during the Albion game, both teams were 9-0, I believe, going into it. Uh, I think they were probably projected to win. So we were, again, the underdogs going into that one. But uh, at the very end, Gage Nelson, our rover, 
got a pick with about, I think, a minute and 30-some seconds left, and they still had two timeouts. And so the offense was in the huddle before uh, going out on the field, and Coach Couch got a little too excited about calculating how much time so we and how many timeouts they had left. So we went out, took a knee on the first play, uh, and we take a knee from shotgun. Uh, so we lost five yards on there. They took a timeout, and then everything kind of settled in. Uh, Coach Couch realized, oh, no, they would still get the ball back with about 12 seconds if we still take a knee and they use their timeout still. Uh, so we had to run another play. And our running back, Eddie Williams, who's also a freshman, uh, picked up the first down, which completely ended the game. From there, we were able to take uh, a knee from there. But as the ref was spotting the ball, uh, everyone knew we had the game uh, in our hands. And so I kind of went to the crowd and pumped him up with my arms in the air. And uh, I think this probably might be the greatest moment in my life. I saw the entire crowd just stand up and go crazy. Uh, and it was just like a surreal mo moment that I was looking at the fans that loved us so much and knew how much w work we put in. And they just showed their love for us. And then I gave Nate Grolsky, our slot receiver, a hug. And tears were just going down his eyes. And it was just it was just awesome. Uh, but off the field, it would definitely be – I always went to, like I said, Alex Dean was our center. He owned uh, an apartment off campus and I was able to walk there every weekend pretty much whenever I want but mainly on weekends I was able to hang out with them and they would always have the offense alignment over uh, to their apartment and so it's just spending time with the the big fellas I guess I love love my linemen it's pretty funny because uh, they said they've never seen a quarterback hang out with their linemen so much which I don't understand because if you're a quarterback you want to be good not even good friends. You want to be great friends with your offensive lineman and make sure they protect you no matter what. But uh, off the field, it's definitely just hanging out with my linemen because they're funny dudes. Yeah, and for being a quarterback, they protect your front side and your back side. So you better be pretty good friends with them yeah. because you have to be able to completely trust them. And I don't think any, any quarterback would never not trust them, but if you have – a really great offensive line and you are really great friends with them, you would be able to build bonds with them. And we kind of see it all over the country, especially college football, NFL, solely because you see all these QBs buying their offensive linemen really nice gifts. <laughs> yeah, I com I completely don't understand why a quarterback wouldn't want to be great friends with the offensive line because they're the ones up front. They're the one that is protecting you. Yeah, I tried to make a little version of that. I bought a few of the linemen pizza on Wednesday because that's our pizza night. I tried to get them pizza. Some of them didn't show up, but uh, I don't quite have the money to buy everyone a, a nice watch or a nice scooter with their name on it. So I decided to just get them a pepperoni pizza and call it a day. Hey, you know what? That's really great of you, and I think your offensive line probably really appreciated that. And I don't think you see a – I, I don't know a whole lot of starting quarterbacks in college or in, in any level, but you probably don't get to see that a whole lot. So I think that's really awesome and cool that you did that for your offensive lineman. Yeah, they loved it. I mean, I tried to tell them only get one pizza because, like I said, I'm still in college. you got to pay for my uh, uh, tuition, but they, they I think they really enjoyed it. 
Good. So coming so coming off the MIAA championship, what are some of your and your teammates' future goals? I'm assuming probably winning another MIAA championship, probably going further in the playoffs. But do you do you have any personal goals, or do you have any other goals you can really think of other than, of course, those two big goals? I mean, you pretty much hit uh, the nail right in the head. Uh, there are no more goals that I have than uh, winning. Uh, my personal goals don't matter if we lose. Uh, all that matters is winning. Uh, like Vince Lombardi said, winning isn't everything. It is the only thing. Uh, nobody plays uh, sports to lose. So all I'm worried about is winning, no matter how we do it. Yeah, people don't remember losers. People yeah. remember people remember winners, and you have banners hung up. You have pictures placed up in stadiums and gyms for the winners. And this past year, you guys were winners. I definitely think you'll probably be in that gym that Coach Couch was talking about. And it's only your freshman year. You got so you got at least three more years on your plate. You got a lot of things and goals ahead. And I definitely don't think people will be overlooking Elma anymore because from what I've heard, you guys are having a lot of your guys come back next year outside of a few offensive linemen. Yeah, like I talked about, we had four offensive linemen uh, graduate, which is never an easy thing to overcome, but I know the guys will step up. Uh, a lot of them are in my grade, so that'll be even more fun for the next three years. Uh, only returners, Reese Townsend, who will play left tackle, I believe, this year. Uh, he, he'll be a junior next year, and it should be a lot of fun. Obviously, I think we only lose maybe three defensive players, and I think our defense is really, really good. Um, they've been able to cover my butt a couple times when I maybe throw a pick when I'm not supposed to, and they come up with a huge stop. So uh, they should be really good again. And uh, once we get everything figured out on offense, I mean, hopefully we can uh, repeat, obviously, that's one of our my goals, like you said, uh, contend and and to go deeper in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. But before we get to the last question I have for you, I just want to thank you again so much for taking your time out of your day to join this podcast. You just talk about what it's like to be a starting quarterback, what it's like to play for Elma. It seems like a school that not only loves the game of football, but loves sports. It's a very passionate school, and it sounds like you love being there, and it sounds like you guys have a lot of great goals ahead of yourselves, and it sounds like Elmo will probably be competing for the MIAA championships, at least in football for the new future. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, uh, hopefully people listen to this and see how great Elma is as not only uh, athletic department, but as a school, and Maybe you'll decide to come here. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of players possibly deciding to come to Elma or at least play in college football, what would your advice be those players that are going to look to play college football on any level, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, And, yeah, what kind of advice would you give them going – maybe going into the freshman year or looking to play – college football in the future yeah uh just being able to kind of work in silence i guess uh you don't always have to 
post everything you're doing. I mean, sometimes it's good here and there, but uh, what I really try to do is uh, just work on my game and what I thought would translate into the uh, college level, just being able to uh, work on yourself and um, because it's it's not easy coming from uh, me. It's it's not easy at all. Yeah, and I definitely think people are going to take a lot away from that. Thank you again for joining. Best of luck to you and Elma in, in your future and your next couple of years playing. I hope you guys continue to play well. Hope that you can continue to reach your goals. And thanks again for joining, man. I really do appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.